You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Vieto the king. Why not get that bag? How old is he now? I think I he's, he's still like in 29, his... 29, gotta be. I think he's 27. Oh, God. He's 28. 28. We split the difference. He's 28. Oh, he, he's playing on loan in the Saudi Pro League. <laughs> Another Saudi team loaned him <laughs> to a, a second Saudi team. That's brutal. Oh, man. <laughs> If that's not the Vieto experience, I don't know what else is. Oh, man. <laughs> you're, you're too shit for the best Saudi team. You've got to go to another one. <laughs> you have to go to Al-Shabaab on a six-month loan. <laughs> that's so brutal. It's not even like with, with, an ob- with an obligation to buy. It's a straight loan. You know how like most bad players just put up ridiculous stats in Saudi Arabia? His numbers are bad. He's, he's, like, he's not even doing that. He's bad. He's bad in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> wow. He's over 300 oh. career appearances. Wow. How about it, man? Yeah, we, we saw fit to give him 38. <laughs> Why God? Who knows? And, and Cholo Simeone did not want to after that first season. He's like, no, I've seen enough. This guy's a fraud. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta get rid of this guy. We're like, we can't. No one wants him. Uh, yeah, that I remember that season was the first half of that season before we won the Europa League was particularly miserable. But you, you know, as Barca learned today, winning the Europa League isn't for everyone. It is not. It is not for everyone. <laughs> it's it it's, it's for very everyone. tough. That, I mean, that was like a 
Yeah, that was a deeply weird season, actually. Um, that Europa League final was fun, though. Oh, it was great, and I was I was terrified that, that Marseille were gonna were gonna do so. We pumped them. Yeah, we did. It was a much different result than I was anticipating. I, yeah. I thought it would be extra time, maybe penalties. It would be super nervy, but no, we we took care of business. Killed him. Oh well, seventeen eighteen was also the season. Oh no, that was a re- loan return. I was about to say, Rafa Santos Bore came back from loan and yeah. then immediately went back on loan again. And he he uh, showcased his Atleti DNA on Thursday. All that experience playing for Atletico, yeah. He's scoring the goal for Eintracht Frankfurt, yeah, a golazo. Yeah, absolutely, man. Shout out to them. Yeah, Santos Bore. Uh, we signed. Did we sign Jota that season or the one before? Oh God! I think the one yeah. before. Yeah, one before. I think. Yeah, I, I wish we would have kept him. He's that one, one hurts. He's one that of those guys that I wish we would have kept, man. Because look at look at him now. I I mean I remember being annoyed about it when the Wolves stuff happened. I mean, granted, it was just a smoke show that we even bought him in the first place, but yeah. And and Johnny too. That. Remember him? Oh yeah, Johnny. Yeah. He's still there. He's still at Wolves. Yeah, he is. Blown out his knee a couple times, I think. Oh, I know. It was sad. It was bad. It was really bad. But we got him from Celta, and it was all excitement, and then we, he never plays it. It's like money laundering. It, it, it really just, just was Just practically a, a sophisticated money laundering scheme. I, w- I wish there was an easy way to find out the amount of players who have been signed by Atletico but made zero appearances, like the Martin D. Michelle's All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they they were there. Like, technically, they did sign, <laughs> but they did not play. Santos Bore would be there. Uh, Jota, Teo Hernandez. Yeah. I mean, Johnny, we're, if we're counting preseason sure. appearances. Yeah, true. True. Oh man, there's some good ones. The, the Demichelis All Stars. The Demichelis All Stars. And, and there is an Atleti City connection there, Rob, which we, which is a, a nice segue into what we're going to be talking about. Oh yeah, that that is the game that happened this week. It, it did. It was a, a Wednesday night showdown at the Wanda Metropolitano. And for for those of you who are relatively new listeners to the program, I'm Jeremy, joined by uh, another Rob, not Robbie Dunn, but Rob Walker on this edition of the show. Hello, I'm here. Rob is the uh, Colch Nero Chat guest um what did you call it em- emeritus guest emeritus, emeritus? Yeah. yes i'm like a i'm like a tenured professor he, you have been making appearances on these programs for for many years and they're always fun too long <laughs> oh wow <laughs> we i thought we had a great time i guess i i was <laughs> i've been under an illusion oh no of course not no it's 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 just, i was more reflecting on the amount of turgid football that we've watched but that that's neither here nor there yes we, we have watched uh, several boar goalless draws the one we saw wednesday though rob was not one no this was no. a lot of fun uh but but in the end it, it was a, a bittersweet game as it saw atletico eliminated from the uefa champions league one nil on aggregate at the feet of Manchester City. Uh, your general thoughts on what we saw yesterday and the tie in general. Are you surprised at Letty? Well, I guess we're, we're in it. Um, I mean, it's sort of, I, I mean, I think a lot of the reception to this tie is sort of what we always see when Atleti play in the Champions League, which is people that don't watch Atleti are like, oh my God, is this really like what is happening? It's like, yeah, I mean... 
you're playing Manchester City and you hold them to one goal over two legs, uh, that that's pretty ideal. Uh, you're kind of rolling the dice to try to get a scrappy goal at some point, and I think the strategy basically worked. The only part that was missing is obviously scoring a goal. Um, Atleti were never going to win this by going toe-to-toe with Man City, um, who are one of the best teams in the world and are incredibly well-drilled and have the best coach in the world. So it's just it just wasn't going to play out that way. And the, their strategy nearly worked. I mean, seriously, you play 180 minutes with Man City and you give up one goal, uh, you're giving yourself a puncher's chance. Um, so, I mean, it's disappointing, obviously, but I think given the way it played out, it, the strategy worked uh, just with with one small thing missing. Um, so I think, I don't think it's like hugely disappointing or really even surprising, but, uh, you know, fairly encouraging that they were able to hang in there for as long as they did. I think the season on the whole with this result now in tow with, with the European exit confirmed, I think the season on the whole can be called a, a serious disappointment. The failure to defend the league title, the yeah. back-to-back cup exits in January, Getting to the quarterfinals of the Champions League is great. Like that's a step further than than Atleti had last year, and they turned up particularly in the second leg. Um, and major credit for Simeone for for turning this around, beginning about two months ago. But well, let's be clear, this has still been a really disappointing season, despite this result, which we're going to talk about in more glowing terms in a bit. But it, it's hard to really call anything about this season a success, even if Atleti do end up getting into the top four. Yeah, taken with the context of the whole season, it, it certainly, this season has gone pretty poorly, whether you want to call it a, a title hangover or what. Um, it just is, it's been really disjointed. The performances haven't really, there's never really been a, a real run or a real uh, period of consistency. Um, I mean, they've, they've been pretty decent since uh, February began, but, you know, interspersed with that loss to Barcelona, it wasn't great. Um, I think. Yeah, it's it's just been disappointing. Um, not a disaster by any means, but still a disappointment, I'd say. Yeah, a disaster would be if they do end up finishing out of the top four. That would be right. that would provoke a serious crisis. But like in in a vacuum, in the context of just this tie alone, like you hold Man City to three shots on target in 180 minutes, that's pretty dang good. It shows that something is working. And you yeah, that's do it, a success. You do it without your first choice defense. Mm-hmm. Felipe had to play both legs. Yeah. That's an adventure. <laughs> it was an adventure. And the deciding moment of this particular game, and we'll talk about the rest of it, of course, but we have to, to start with the decisive moment was at the very end when Felipe gets sent off and Phil Hoden, uh, Phil, Phil, Hoden, Phil Foden, Phil, rather. Phil, Phil, you ho. <laughs> I, I guess that was a Freudian slip. Um, mm. Phil Foden uh, plays it up as this is right, and a whole brawl begins, and Felipe ends up getting uh, sent off. Uh, what did you think of, well, everything that happened from, like, the 89th minute on? Um, I mean, it's kind of classic <laughs> in terms of, like, the end of athletic matches. You know, we're leaving with something. We're not We're not leaving with a, with a, a goal. We're at least going to get a little bit of skin in the game here. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really surprised. I, I kind of imagine that a lot of teams are – drilled that that is the way that you can sort of get Atleti to react to you um, because Atleti at their core are uh, built in the image of their coach and 
if there's something to get pissed off about, uh, it'll likely happen, especially in a situation where you're stressed out in the quarterfinals of the Champions League match, where you're about to you're about to be knocked out. So, I'm not hugely surprised by it. I mean, it's annoying, um, but it, it's kind of par for the course, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was an inverse of what happened in the Porto game in the group stage. Yeah, where we had the multiple fights in a span of about five minutes. Both yeah. teams get a red card, and it let he come out on the winning end of that one. Just not this time. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, I thought Felipe kind of shockingly was fairly good um, across in this in this second leg. Um, you know, like you said, the defense is certainly not first choice, but they did a hell of a job considering what they were up against. Yeah, that's what made this like even worse is that Felipe had a great tie and a really good second leg. I thought he was virtually perfect, but then he makes this tackle and. I, I didn't even I didn't think it was worthy of a yellow card. I thought it was a foul, but what Felipe did was really was really naive, and it's indicative of why he's not a really good center back, right? It's a it, he leaves his leg dangling. He he leaves it swinging out there. Foden sees it and goes down, plays up the contact. He rolls around back over the boundary. Stefan Savage, the king, sees it, drags Foden back over uh, beyond the boundary, and then that just everything just kicks off from there like i don't have a problem with what foden did like with him shithousing or rolling around and letty do this a lot for better or worse like look at what cunha did and in the porto game that really swung that game back in atleti's favor like, i don't have a problem with what felipe did losing his mind i don't have a problem with what savage did trying to drag foden back over to to restart the play like sometimes these things happen especially when the referee is bad and easily rattled and easily corruptible like daniel siebert <laughs> like he he decided he had to do something. Like he didn't give Felipe the yellow card right away. He waited five minutes, deliberated on it. Savage was shown the yellow first, and then Felipe was shown a straight red, even though he was already on a yellow. So there was no need to show him the straight red. And like people just don't really want to accept that sometimes this happens in football, especially when you have just a really terrible referee. It happens. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it, it was kind of inevitable given given the situation, the game state. And again, you know, if you're going to play that way, you know, the other team has the right to do it to you as well. And if you, you get beat in the shithouse battle, you get beat. Um, so, yeah, uh, annoying, but not totally unpredictable. <laughs> I don't know what British paper it was. It might have been the mirror, but their their headline on Thursday morning was mad, bad and dangerous. Classic. Describing Atletico. Did you see this? I didn't. Actually. Oh my god, it's incredible! I'm probably I gonna try, get. I try to avoid the uh, the old British tabloids. I avoided almost all of it. Like I didn't see what any of the um, folks. I'm gonna use that word uh, in place of another one. Uh, what the folks on BT Sports said. I didn't see really any other headlines. Uh, the, I saw this front page. It might have been the Mirror, but I I want I want to get that on a shirt or a mug or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's be worth embracing. Good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's the same thing every single time. I mean, it happened when we played Manchester United. You, you play these English teams, and the English media is like, my God, they, how dare they play this way? It's like, you realize that you guys are the ones that essentially invented this style. Of <laughs> exactly. <play. laughs> it's a bunch of t- telling, like, you don't want to say this. The neutral doesn't want to say this. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, this is not supposed to be, like, all sanitized and nice and clean, and there's not just one valid way to play this sport. 
Well, and I think there's also some leftover sentiment against Diego Simeone for, Absolutely. The, for the whole David Beckham thing that goes way back. So it just it just is what it is. It's just always funny because it's always the same thing over and over. There's no we're never breaking any new ground with uh, the coverage of Atleti at all. And I, I absolutely loved everything about this tie except the result. But I really loved how Atleti played in both legs. The first leg with the five five formation that pissed everybody off. I loved the discourse around that so much. <laughs> I just loved it. And I thought we should have been even more defensive in the first leg because we switched to a five four one in the second half with Griezmann as as the um as the lone forward and we we were a bit too offensive because then Kondogbia and Reynildo step up Foden plays the ball past him for De Bruyne and that turns out to be the only goal of the tie the heat map for that that match is so funny I know <laughs> it's the best I want to get a poster of it yeah it's like the closest Atleti got to the box was like vaguely on the edge of the penalty area I think you're, I think a very you're, dark blue Urente got in there once <laughs> and Griezmann <laughs> fell down a few yards away from it. That was about it from the first leg. I love it. But even then, they're, they're only down one nil. They come back to the Metropolitano, and they have all options. To, they have so many chances to advance. And in the second half on Wednesday, we saw a team playing as well as they played all season. Uh, and it was just, again, the fine margins, the finest, the smallest details uh, that City's players observed and, and, and Atleti's didn't. And that's really what it came down to. There's no shame in losing 1-0 on aggregate to what is arguably the best team on the continent. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. They were in the Champions League final last year for a reason. Yep. I mean, it's Pep Guardiola. Um, for me, he's the best manager in the world. Um, whatever. He, I mean, it just is what it is. Manchester City have more money than God. They can do whatever they want. Um and you hold them to one nil over two legs, yeah, you give yourself a good chance of winning because it's not like they're immune to shooting themselves in the foot. No. They've done it time and time again, and if one of those opportunities had fallen to an Atleti player, we could be talking about a totally different result here. Yeah, City have had these really weird Champions League exits over the years, and they have these patches where they just don't score any goals right. for some strange reason. Like Crystal Palace is really good at doing that to them. Well, and the other thing is that no one seems to talk about is that, you know, that first leg, there's no longer the incentive to really go for exactly. it. Exactly. No wiggle. Leg. No wiggle, so it's pointless. So, so you, yeah. you, might, you might as well play for the draw or for the nil-nil. Like, why on earth would Simeone have done anything different? Have you never seen his teams play? Well, yeah, well, most people on Twitter only watched Atleti play Correct. three times a year. Correct. And they're ostensibly all these big games where, of course, Atleti are going to play defensively. Of course they are. Well, and, you know, as the first leg, away goals aren't a thing anymore. So, what, you're going to open yourself up to try to score a goal against Man City? That's how you concede three. Right. Easily. Or worse. Yeah. So if Pep is the best manager in the world, Rob, is Arteta number two? <laughs> According to some some people on Twitter that have uh, pictures of managers as their profile <laughs> picture, yeah. <laughs> Whoever could you be talking about? <laughs> Nobody in particular. Uh, um, you don't have the minerals yeah. to say his name. <laughs> everyone's favorite Twitter commentator. It, it's I, it's everyone's favorite Twitter bit going back to oh maybe 2012. <laughs> you just act very aloof and just make statements that everyone forgets about six months later, so you can never be proven wrong about anything. Just put the words "juego de posición" in a tweet, and it gets. <laughs> 40,000 likes. 
Medio Centro. Medio Centro. Drake Artista. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just just go on Football Manager, click on the central midfielder roles, and then just pick one of those. I got got another one. Inverted fullbacks. There you go. Inverted fullbacks. Now we're talking Pep. Shabby and inverted fullbacks. That's the one. Shabby. Oh, yeah. That went well for him today. It really did. How does... How does that happen? How do 30,000 Eintracht Frankfurt fans come into your stadium? How? Listen, they're just trying to get some money, man. <laughs> they're selling tickets to whoever. I, I guess. And, like, Shabby and Laporta were speaking after the game, like, we don't know how this happened. It's a serious error. You're the president of the club. <laughs> how do you not know what's happening? I mean, to be fair, I don't think really anyone knows how anything has been operated to Barcelona no. for the last several years. Yes. <laughs> we're we're just kind of making decisions and seeing what happens. We're not really paying attention to what the ramifications are. Yes, and and they're trying to, and you know, there you go. And I'm I'm still going to be mildly miffed if they finish above Atleti in the table. Yeah, that that'll be stupid. Yeah, but yeah, it's been such a, a strange year for Atleti. A lot of a lot of bad things have happened. Some good things too. And like this tie has made me more optimistic than at really any point in this season. Like Atleti can still bring it. Simeone after 10 years can still reach these players and get them to play a seriously organized, structured defense first style. Yes, but it, we we do offer a serious trans, transition threat as City learned in the second half on Wednesday when they were I don't want to say cowering for their lives in in their their defensive third rob, but Atleti were on the front foot unmistakably. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The pressure was put on in a major way, in in no small part because of the atmosphere at home, I think. And, you know, there was clearly a concerted effort. I mean, this isn't just playing defensively for the sake of it. There is a clear plan that at a certain point you're going to exert the pressure and use the energy that's been, you know, conserved slightly by playing more defensively, and you'll have a good chance. I mean, I think at the end of the day you look at this team – and it's it's just a weird it's just a weird bunch. It's it's a lot of players that, you know, aren't bad but just don't necessarily make sense together. Mm-hmm. It it's just a little bit disjointed. In the way that last year we stumbled into something that suddenly worked. <laughs> <laughs> a little and, bit, yeah. And then the the additions this in the summer was like, oh well now we've kind of messed up the mixture here a little bit and then with Suarez taking a step back and you know whatever it it was just it's the vibes have just been off like DePaul coming in and not having a very good season yeah and it seemed like that was going to be a really good fit at first you and I I mean you and I were both enthused but but then it just it just flipped and it was like uh you know it, it actually it hasn't really worked out yeah, like, and I, no one was expecting this particular Atletico side to win the Champions League. Like, there, no. there are just too many holes in the squad, too much imbalance, and hopefully, if it's addressed this summer and Atletico are in the Champions League next year, I think they could have a really good team next year. They could. The pieces are uh, there. The pieces are there, and I think there's just little adjustments. And there will be questions that need to be answered. I mean, there's still a bunch of random players that are out on loan. Yes. Like, well, what the hell do we do with these Yeah, what, what do you do with Saul? What do you do with Morata? Well, Saul's got to come back because Chelsea, yeah, don't, they don't have Chelsea. an owner. He ain't staying at Chelsea, I can tell you that. No. I thought he was going to be the hero at the Bernabeu the other night, but it was not to be. No. 
No, it were not. But uh, one signing that has really worked out, Rob, and that could really go a long way toward fortifying the defense that already has this season and next season would be that of Reynildo. Yeah, Reynildo. Oh, I love this dude. I love this guy. <laughs> Where the hell did this come from? They, they found him at Lille. It's hilarious. This this Lille, bastard Lille playing at Lille. And I thought he had a, a, just another fabulous game Wednesday, as did Savage. Yeah, Savage was really good. And is Savage an Atletico legend now? Because you and I, back in the day, we, we ripped on him, like, almost relentlessly. <laughs> I can't really believe I'm asking this, but, you know, he's 31 now. He was key to our title win last year. When he's been yeah. healthy this year, he's been great once again. The past probably three, three and a half years, he has been consistently very good when available. Um, no, he can't be. He can't. He's not. He's not in the. I. I. I mean. I think he is in like the. If not the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Very Good, or at least decent. Like mm. it, it's just it. He's not it in the same realm as the like legend legends. You like know yeah, I mean? he's not in Godin's realm. No, not even close. No. Um, or even in Miranda's realm, for that matter. That's true. Miranda's got a cup-winning goal. Yeah, exactly. And the first one, yeah. So two hundred and twenty-nine appearances in all comps, almost twenty thousand minutes played. Some seven of those seasons. Were bad. Let, let I mean, let's. I, I know you and I have ripped him, and he's he was very good, but we weren't wrong to rip him. <laughs> he was bad. No, we was weren't. Like really his, bad. His thought. first year was great. Twenty fifteen sixteen, he was our third center back, and he was great that year. His his performance in that Champions League final was amazing arguably our best player on the night then he has two three really not so good seasons and then he turns 28 and he just becomes another defender yeah like he's been consistently really good good. yeah yeah um and he's been injured this year Jimenez has been injured of course and that kind of it was a domino effect from there you don't say (laughs) you don't say yeah I don't know what to do with Jimenez because he's obviously so talented but he's always hurt and it, it's a consistent theme every season. He has these injuries. I I don't think it's realistic to expect him to be capable of playing a full season at this point. Yeah. It, it, I mean, how many years has it been? Nine years? Yeah, he's been here almost a decade. And he, I mean, it's a push to get to over 20 league matches a season. It's a push to get to 30 in all comps for him, and he's he's the third captain. Right. right. So, he's 27. It's not like he's 36. Yeah, it, it's you kind of know what he is at this point. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I'd sell him, but Atleti really need to get multiple center backs this summer. Yes. Like, to start phasing Jimenez and or Savage out over the next couple of years as they get older. Um, Felipe's old. Felipe's out of contract. I don't really – I'm not really enthused about seeing Mario Hermoso play for Atleti again. Yeah, that's that's a weird one. He's become a worse Again, defender. I know. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, very strange. A very, it's a weird one because again, kind of like Rodrigo DePaul a little bit. It's like, wow, this is a great sign. This makes total sense. Really good player, been really good for Espanol, and then he comes here. It's like, oh, never mind. Left-footed ball-playing center back. Like yeah. those guys are like unicorns. Yeah. And Atleti got one, and it turns out he is a pumpkin. At least when defending, he is a pumpkin. I mean, maybe in a different type of team, he may be able to flourish. That's my only thing, line of thinking with him. Yeah. But 
I'm not super confident about that. Like, if he were even serviceable defensively, he would he would be a routine starter and would probably be deserved. But Reynildo's come in and just yanked that spot from him. He's also yanked Yannick Carrasco's spot because Lodi's first choice now. Yeah, true. I don't, and I don't think Lodi had a really good game yesterday, but I would still roll with him for the future. He's a good player. Yeah. You and I have always liked him. He's a decent player. He's just had some inconsistency. But he's got a clutch gene in him that is really important. It does. And he can score a goal. Do you think Koke is done at the top level or just about? Man. You don't want to that, say it. I mean, he he's only 30, but it, there's a lot of miles uh, in, in our dear captain. Yeah. Because uh, he has played a bazillion games uh, and a bazillion really high-intensity games. I mean, I think it's possible we've seen his best. The last season was kind of potentially the last hurrah. Um, you don't want to say it, and I don't think that he'll ever leave Atleti, no. personally. Um, so, man, that would be unfortunate. I mean, for that's, me, it, that's it's too just, depressing to even think about. It's hard to see what he's really offering Atleti anymore. Yeah. At least on a consistent basis. Well, that was always the problem that we we thought was solved last season is for a few years there, probably in like the, well, after the 13-14 title, it was like, well, what really is his role in this team? And he would play every single match come hell or high water, but it didn't always make sense. He wasn't always super involved, and his he just never really evolved into a, a defined role. He played all over the mm. place. He played, but he just never he never found his home in the team, really. And I think there was a reason why Simeone resisted for so long to move him to the center of the park. Right. To make him a full-time central midfielder, which he is he's now, not. which he has been for the last couple of years. Yeah, but I don't think that's where he's best. I mean, he did a I, lot he did a lot of running on Wednesday, but then he always does. But I felt when when he was taken off at Atleti were a lot more purposeful. I think Atleti were a lot more aggressive and advanced and the midfield just looked it gave it a a more aggressive look with him not on the pitch he's never really taken that step forward as a progressive passer in the way that we had hoped um he's always been pretty decent from set pieces although there's even been times when that's fallen off a cliff randomly um but yeah he's just never really evolved into that uh dynamic offensive player that i think we all thought was possible um when he was younger but Man, he's played a lot of matches. <laughs> he's played a lot of a lot of hard minutes. He's up to nearly thirty thousand minutes in La Liga alone. Yeah, and he's you know only a handful appearance of appearances from breaking the Adelardo's record, which will be early next season, assuming yep. he stays healthy. But he's turning thirty-one, and I think this season has been it's been conditioned by the Euros last summer and by the fact that Jeffrey Kondogbia is the only pivot we have. So I, not, neither of those factors has really helped him. But Koke individually has just looked like he's been running up a hill the entire year. Like he's been he's been trying to chase his form and just hasn't found it. Yeah, I'll be interested to see. I mean, I don't know. I mean, does he become, at this point in his career, does he kind of transition and become more of a bit part player 
like still playing in a fair amount of matches, but maybe coming off the bench more often because you could see a, a role for him there um, if if you can find a way to sort of get a midfield player that can take his place long term. But man, that that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough conversation to have. Yeah, it is because he's still an important player. Like he's the captain. He's the leader. He's the only born and bred academy product in the squad so sure. that, and that holds a lot of emotional and like symbolic weight and he is the link to the original Simeone teams mm-hmm. he, the, he's the only remaining one but so. I, I think in games like this you need someone who can go more toe to toe with the likes of Bernardo Silva yeah. like with the likes of Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> And those guys are, of course, really tough to find. It's easier said than done. Oh, Atleti just need to sign a Bernardo Silva. Yeah, it's not that easy. Right. Man. Yeah, I, I really – I wonder if we're getting close to the end with, with Koke because he's just played so many minutes, and he's on the wrong side of 30. He's played so many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many matches. And so many big yeah. games, and he's still so important to the team. He is. Yeah. But – I don't know. I mean, he comes off in this game. What did he come off on the on the hour? A little after the hour. Yeah, sixty. When Simeone made that triple change, do you think Cholo should open the game up a little bit earlier, like five ten minutes earlier? Throw on these subs, or with five ten minutes left in the first half, start going forward, further forward. I mean, yeah, I I don't mind the way it happened, um, but I think he even could have pushed it and done it like just shortly after the second half started um really put your foot on the gas but this was clearly the game plan going forward but i think i think they i think that you're right i think maybe we left ourselves a little bit short there on time yeah Um, it's it's hard to have much criticism of because the plan very nearly worked if not for that moment of genius between foden and de bruyne it would have worked yeah Um, it came very close to being the optimal plan to slow down Pep Guardiola's Man City machine but uh, yeah I, I, I don't wonder I, I just kind of wonder if that might have been a, a slight bone to pick a slight missed opportunity City had the one big or the two big chances I guess in the first half both from Gundogan yeah. uh, when the, the the initial shot clatters off the post and bounces back to him then Felipe and Reynaldo both clear it I thought for sure that was going in and I thought it was going to be the tie but yeah um, they, they kept it out, amazingly kept it out. And then Gundogan is stopped in stoppage time in the second half when they can really put it away at the very end when Atleti are down to 10. And Oblak makes a great save on him. But I, I wonder if maybe around the 35th or 40th minute, just before halftime, Atleti could spring a trap, catch him off guard. And instead of the 69th minute, nice, um, what if those subs come on in the 59th minute? What if they come on on the hour? Like, it's the fine margins, uh, and Atleti have been right there. They've been so close for so many years, but it's the smallest details and the finest margins that in a competition this short, they take on huge importance. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it, it, it is fine margins, and, you know, it's hard to question the plan, but, yeah, man, it, it was just so close. That's what's so frustrating So about close. It. Like, if you get pumped in the second leg, it is kind of is what it is, but uh, the fact that it was just one mistake away uh, that hurts do Atleti need to sign a another top 
striker this summer? Do they need to sign a Darwin Nunez type player? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Because um, Suarez is gonna leave, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Griezmann thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just uh, yeah, I'm I'm leery of it too because his physical capabilities have declined. He's been hurt this year, obviously, but physically, Griezmann is not what he was five years ago, four years ago. Um. We, we got the best of his first stint. We got the best of him during his first stint. And I, it's not really going to be $40 million well spent if Atleti don't win the trophies thereafter while he's here on loan. No, I don't love keeping him either. Um, I, I don't think it's helpful. Him and him and Joe Felix is bad. Mm. Um, that is a not good pairing. Again, this is the conversation you and I have had 26 billion times at <laughs> <to> this point. <laughs> um yeah, it's not a not a good pairing, but and I I think it's this thing that we've seen a bunch of times is Atleti players when they leave are really spent physically. Um, Griezmann, Arturan, Diego Costa. I mean, these guys we will squeeze the most amount of football we can get out of these guys, and bringing them back afterwards when they're in their thirties is not a good idea. Um, so no, I, I think it is pretty important um, to find someone that you can pair with Jao Felix, um, someone that is perhaps of a different style, maybe a different physical profile, might be helpful. Just as a hint, um, <laughs> I mean, Darwin Nunez is awesome, and I he's real good. He's real good, and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of teams are going to be after him. Um, and he's going to be real expensive. Yeah, he is. I mean, I guess the only thing you could say is Atleti do have a relationship with Benfica yep. over expensive players. Um, and Atleti do have plenty of Uruguayans that have played for the club uh, in the not-too-distant past, so that, that doesn't hurt either. Um, he did just change agents, though. He changed to George Mendes? Uh, I th- he changed to one of the super agents. Yeah, like, hey. he... he- I don't remember who it was, but I know it was a big deal. He tweeted about it. He changed his agent. And apparently, like, I, I haven't, like, seen this rep, like, reported reputably, but apparently the new agent is more England and Premier League focused. Well, I, I, think, I think it was in The Athletic. Um, oh, was it? That, that I read, well, about him changing agents, that there's some speculation that his old agent will still his deal doesn't technically expire until this summer and he'd be due like 50% of whatever agent compensation that there is. So there may be some weirdness over whether he moves this summer at all or whether that has to be like a loan thing. Um, there's an article on the athletic that kind of is a profile of Darwin Nunez that talked about some of that kind of stuff. I love a good transfer saga. I love Classic. a good, Classic. a good agent kerfuffle. It seems like this summer striker market is going to be hot. Yeah, because Darwin Nunez has been linked. Lautaro Martinez, the the uh, transfer window darling, has been linked once more. No. No. <laughs> Bad. Bad choice. How do you really feel? <laughs> well, I mean, not even necessarily that I think he stinks, and I do kind of think he stinks. But <laughs> <laughs> wow. Rob Walker coming in hot. But that's not it. But the the. The, the profile is bad. It's the same problem. It, it, I don't think that him and Joe Felix make sense 
with Lautaro uh, flourished when he was paired with Lukaku. Right, a bigger physical perfect. reference point. Exactly, which I think is a type of profile that Joe Felix would benefit from playing with as well. Um, so, yeah, no. That's a no. Um, That's a no I, for me, dog. I, yeah, it's a no for he me. He does dog. not have that dog in Sh- him. Shout out to Randy Jackson. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... I, uh, I think... I mean... Mbappe and Holland are going to go for a bazillion euros um, and other people get scuttled around, but the the nightmare scenario is ending up with Gabriel Jesus. That, that, that's just like my nightmare. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he's out of contract soon, and I'm just like, oh god, I can see it. Jao Felix and Gabriel Jesus playing up front together. <laughs> Uh, you look at the, the present forward quartet that Atleti have. It's Jao Felix, Griezmann, Correa, and Mateus Cunha. And Cunha is Cunha is an interesting one. That's kind of a puzzle that needs to be solved. Is he a nine or is he not? Because Zhao gave an interview to Dermot Corgan in The Athletic a couple months ago, and he said pretty boldly that Mateus Cunha is going to be one of the best nines in the world in the coming years, and I love playing with him. Which is good. Which is great. It's a, it's good news for Cunha, and it's good news for us because I really like watching him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I think that he was kind of done a little bit wrong by the Griezmann thing. Um, would have preferred to see him get some of those minutes uh, instead. Sure. Because uh, it didn't really make sense to sign him and then turn around and sign Griezmann. But, um, no, he, he's certainly been a pleasant surprise because it's not like he was – you know, a super highly touted player when he came to Atleti, but he's done pretty well for He himself. has. He's been super efficient, super effective. And the the Griezmann transfer on the last day of the window did kind of screw up some of his potential minutes. Uh, and Griezmann, to be fair to him, had a great Champions League campaign. Uh, without his goals, Atleti don't get out of the group stage. Uh, and they don't get past, they might not get past Man United. Although I, I think it's safe to say we are a fair bit better than Man United. Yeah, no, definitely. Just a fair bit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, where they are right now. Do we think the Griezmann thing is nailed on? Is that are we assuming that that is just going to happen? I think so. Like, I, I, I think it would be really awkward to return him to Barca this summer when Joan Laporta has said publicly we don't want him back, basically. Right. Uh, and Simeone directly requested him, and the club made a big effort to bring him back last summer. Uh, yeah, and it, it the option becomes an obligation if he plays half the games next year. So it's, it's mm. obviously going to be one of the top storylines next season is will Antoine Griezmann play enough minutes to where Atleti have to trigger that 40 million clause? And, like, where is his physical capacity? What is his physical capacity going to be entering next season, the year after? Because he, he started both these uh, both these games against Man City, and he didn't complete either of them. In the past, he would have. But to be fair, he did a ton of defensive work. He dropped into the midfield line to gum up passing lanes and and play it short. But he can't run like he used to. He can't lead transitions like he used to. He tried that in the first leg at the Etihad, and it really didn't go well. Yeah, and and again, at the end of next season, he'll be 32. Yeah, and you'll wonder how much football he's got left. 40 million euros for a 32-year-old that's will at that point played over 600 career matches <laughs> like mm-hmm. okay not including internationals yeah in that's not including fr- that's not yeah. including france games yeah 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 so he's played a lot of minutes and i think it, it was important off the pitch as well as on it because griezmann and joao have a really good relationship off the pitch and their chemistry is good on the pitch i just think that 
they need a reference point. I think in some games they need that reference point, particularly in the Champions League when space is at a premium and you need someone who can slot the ball in the back of the net with one touch. Yeah, I agree. It's worked in La Liga. Atleti are one of the top-scoring teams in La Liga again this season after finishing second in the goal-scoring chart last year. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with you. I think it's unlikely that he gets returned. It seems like that's fairly impossible at this point, um, which is kind of unfortunate. If they win La Liga again or they win the Champions League, then Atleti won't care. It'll be worth it because flags fly forever. But if they don't, then you have another costa Morata problem. Right, right. One one of the reasons that Atleti are going to struggle to spend seventy, eighty million on a, a hot shot new forward this summer is because they made deals like the Costa deal. They made deals like the Morata deal that blow that both blew up spectacularly. In very different ways. In yeah. very di- different ways, but that's one hundred and ten million euros right there that you blew yeah. on two on two forwards who didn't contribute much for you. <laughs> they sure didn't. Oh lord! And Costa <laughs> had his moments. Uh, you know that goal against Arsenal. In the and Morata was good for like random three week stretches at a time. Yeah, he had that one stretch where he scored six goals in six games. Yeah, and he's still great for Spain. Just at club level, it's it's just maddening. He's a maddening player. And Costa, after the the Super Cup win against Madrid, was basically finished. That was his last. <laughs> uh... <laughs> we thought, man, we thought it, we're back. We are we're back. back we're back up, baby. Costisman, we're here. We are here, we are awake, and then it was not. And he scores like five goals. They're like, oh, good lord. Yeah. Still love Costa, always will, but that was $66 million, very poorly spent. Ooh, flush down the toilet. Yeah, but th- this is one of the problems facing Atleti this summer, is that the money is still tight, and especially if they don't get into the Champions League. You're always up against the salary cap, because Atleti pay high wages. That's one of the ways you can convince players to not go to Real Madrid or Barcelona, is you... you convince him to come to Atletico by paying him a bit more. Yeah, not getting in the Champions League is a disaster. That would be that would be really awful. Um, and uh, seven more games to go as we shift focus just a little bit to La Liga after the bittersweet but prideful end to the uh, European campaign. Espanol on Sunday, Rob. Yeah. At the Wanda Metropolitano. This is one of those games that is a 7-15 kickoff. I'm not going to look forward to getting up and watching it. <laughs> But it's important. We got a one-point advantage over Betis and three over Real Sociedad. We still have a head-to-head against La Real. Yeah. Um, it, it It's still tight. It's by no means settled. Um, what is it? We play Real Sociedad at the end? Yeah, last match of the season. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tight down the stretch here. I, I, I by no means rule out a Sevilla collapse because that is what they do, and that would be very helpful. And um, we do have a head-to-head with Sevilla. So, if you, for reference, here are the final seven games of Atleti's season. Uh, home to Espanyol on Sunday. Midweek game against Granada next Wednesday. Traveling to San Mames to face Athletic in two weeks. That won't uh, be fun. Madrid Derby after that in match day 35, away to Elche, home to Sevilla, away to La Real to end the season at Anoeta. Mm. That particularly the last five games, that's relatively relatively speaking, that is a gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah, good teams in there. Um, yep. No real slouches. It would be nice to have some of the terrible teams in there, but 
Sadly, we do not. And I'd let you keep losing to the terrible teams. They'd rather not play them anymore. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Two losses to uh, Mallorca. The athletic matches are always a pain. Um, they always seem to do quite well against us. Um, or at least the matches feel close. Yep. Uh, they they usually play us very tough because Marcelino and Simeone are, are similar coaches. Marcelino's a really good manager. <laughs> he's, he's very good. He's I have no idea coach. how he was out of a job for so long after Valencia. That was madness. I mean, if you coached Valencia, you would be kind of psychologically traumatized too. I mean, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> if Peter Lim were my boss. I mean, it's not even like he was dismissed for them being that bad. It was more just like, he was like, hey, this club sucks. <laughs> it was like, this food sucks. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, you're fired. He's like, oh, all right. <laughs> I guess that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a good manager. and uh, You know, weird club, as always, with Athletic. But, um, yeah, I, it, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. But uh, I, I think they'll be fine. I think eventually they'll, they'll settle in into the top four. Yeah, if they play... Close to what they exhibited on Wednesday night against City when they outshot uh, the the juggernaut Man City 11-2 in the second half, bossed possession against them, and nearly won the game, forcing extra time. If they play like this for the next seven weeks, they will easily finish top four. Um, and it, there's still a possibility they could finish second. They could also finish sixth. Like, there's six points separating the teams second through sixth. Like, I think this is... Objectively speaking, it's great for La Liga that we still have the European race open like this. Not the title race, but the European race. I think it'll be interesting to see, in particular, the reaction of Barcelona and Atleti this weekend, both having gone out of European competition. Um, I think it's important that Atleti gets gets going again right away against Espanyol, gets a good yep. result. And Absolutely. then you hope Barcelona slips up and that this... Uh, Europa League exit ends up hurting them. Barca's remaining schedule doesn't look terribly tricky. Like they have a a key game at Betis at this uh, mm. second week of May, the same weekend we host Real Madrid. Joy, um, joy, and they they play Villarreal to end the season. So who knows if Villarreal will be preparing for a Champions League final at that point? The way they're going, <laughs> my own. Uh, I I would be no offense to the guys of Real USA. I like them a lot, but I would yeah. be low key irritated if they won a European Cup before Atletico. <laughs> I would be very irritated. Uh, I don't think you'll have to worry about it. <laughs> the Liverpool are going to smash them. Yeah. <laughs> well, then what yeah. what what's the Champions League final you want then? City? Don't tell me you want City and Liverpool. Oh god. Don't tell me oh. you want that. We get that enough in the Premier League. Yeah, that would be pretty awful. Man, Klopp and Pep would just suck each other off. I, I respect you, bro. I do respect you, bro. <laughs> I respect you more, bro. No, I, I, I respect you even more. It's uh, sickening. Yeah, nauseating. It's absolutely sickening. Um, just get a room. Uh, I don't like any of the teams. Can we have none? Can we cancel it this year? <laughs> cancel the final? Who else? Oh, God. I, 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 I can, don't want Real Madrid in it either. I'd no. rather have Liverpool City. I can never pull for Madrid to win anything, but it would be very funny if they got to the final in their competition and lost the final to Liverpool. <sighs> that would be pretty glorious if they lost the final. It, 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 yeah, but see, but the problem is... I feel like if they get to the final, they will win. Yeah, because they're Madrid. Exactly. That's what they do. 
I mean, I would like in a in a perfect world, I would like to root for Spanish teams over Manchester City and Liverpool, but unfortunately, I want Una Emery to die a slow and painful death, <laughs> and 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 the same thing for anyone associated with Real Madrid. So you know, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to do it. I guess kind of like by default for you, it's City and Liverpool. Yeah, sadly, and you uh, just kind of had to deal with the Pep Klopp weird bromance thing that they have going on. Listen. I'd rather do that than see Unai Emery's face for a moment more. <laughs> <laughs> Just simply cannot do it. I feel like I, sh- I shouldn't offer my perspective because I have an outsider perspective. I'm not an Arsenal fan. So I have an outside perspective. You, on the other hand, Rob, you are just filled with burning hatred for this man. <laughs> Do not enjoy Unai Emery. <laughs> just not a fan. I'm just kind of of the opinion he got a raw deal. But that, again, that's just me. All I will say is, Atleti play defensive football that is not necessarily pleasing to watch for everyone on purpose. Unai Emery did it because he didn't know what else to do. I mean, he his teams play awful football, but he doesn't get nearly the same bad rap that Simeone does. Not even close. Yeah. To me, they do not. I the, I do not enjoy watching Unai Emery's teams play football. I mean, he he um, got pretty roundly criticized at, at PSG, but so have a bunch of other managers, right? For things that aren't really their fault, because PSG is a madhouse. PSG's madhouse, and I mean, it's look. I, I'm not crazy enough to say that Arsenal was a good place at the time that he was there, but I think he also did a bad job. I think both things are true. And he's making up for that at Villarreal, much to your pleasure. Yeah, I love it. I love I love seeing them at night. <laughs> Alternatively discussed. <laughs> we we do have to do an, an Arsenal status update before we wrap up the show, as we <laughs> usually do. <laughs> Arsenal temperature check. Yes, fifth in the Prem, three points off hated rivals Tottenham and fourth. Will Whoa. they get into the Champions League next year, Rob? Um, no. I don't think so. I don't think so, no. Um, I think that uh, the injuries that have happened to our dear friend Thomas Partey mm. and Kieran Tierney are both relatively backbreaking. I would have said prior to those injuries that, yes, they would finish in the top four, but those are two very important players, and those guys being hurt for essentially the whole season, maybe Thomas Partey will be back from the North London Derby, but I don't think so, um, because last time he was rushed back for a North London Derby, that didn't work out right. Yes, uh, that that clip went viral. That didn't work out. It good. was a it was a bad thing when Arteta it forced him back onto real, the pitch. Went real bad. Um, so no, I, I don't think that they will. Um, I don't. I think it's more bad luck rather than necessarily poor management. Or they probably should have bought players in January, but. Nevertheless, I think those injuries are backbreaking regardless. Yeah. So, no, I think they'll finish in probably fifth. Uh, Manchester United suck. Uh, <laughs> West Ham are going to win the Europa League final, so they're busy. West they're, Ham. Moise Ball. Yeah, the Hammers. In full force. I wish we were in the day. I wish that they could win the Europa League and make Tottenham miss out on Champions League, but I'm, but sadly that's not how that works. Yeah, it, it used to. Yeah, well, yeah. Did he? Because what was that year? That, that was Ch- when Chelsea won. Well, when Chelsea thing. won, Chelsea winning the European Cup in 2012 knocked Tottenham yeah. out of the Champions League. That was great. That and was great. Content. Spurs fans were livid. 
That was a great time. Yes. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> Thoroughly. Although that was also the year we got pumped 8-2 by Manchester United. So, you know, that was a depressing time in general. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to balance it out, like most things it's, in yeah, life. It is, swings uh, around about. It's I mean, balance. you know, the Premier League's like a... I don't know. I, I feel... Uh, like the Premier League has kind of reached this weird sterilization point that it didn't that when it was a worse league because um, I think you know it used to be La Liga was quite clearly the best league in the world um, in terms of the talent and the quality of the, the three teams at the top of the league but I think the Premier League is there now but I just don't really enjoy watching their teams as much as I did um the really good Atleti Barcelona and Real Madrid teams mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago. Like, I, I find them a, a little sterile. La Liga has much more parity now. It's true. Like, you know, the, the, there's City and then Liverpool and then sometimes Chelsea and then literally everyone else. It's become a little Bundesliga-y. A little I mean, bit between City and Liverpool, yeah. I and, and I've never been a huge fan of the Bundesliga. Like, obviously, I've watched matches in those league, but it's just never it's never drawn me in I guess tough to get into when one team wins the league all the time right and like other teams they might not must even bother turning up right like Dortmund get Erling Holland, who is the most exciting young striker on the planet and yep. they still can't lay a glove on Bayern after they've had Jaden Sancho yeah and count, countless other and they have really Dee Bellingham players. yeah Marco yeah. Royce yeah classic I mean, it's just, it's, it, I don't know. I think we're in a weird spot right now. Um, and I don't know. I, I just don't really find Manchester City and Liverpool that fun to watch. Aren't City kind of boring? They're kind of boring. They're kind of boring, right? Kind of boring, yeah. Like, and I They're think it, it, it's just super, yeah, well, for obvious sports washing yeah. reasons, True. cough, cough. True. But, like, I, I think it, it's rather ironic and, and rather funny that, and Guardiola does not like do this like intentionally, but the the press arm around him and the yeah. Twitter following around him hoists Pep Ball and City's style as the like the ultimate, the only valid way to win, the most beautiful, objectively beautiful way to win in the sport. When it's not, and it gives me a little bit of pleasure, even though Atletico did not win this tie, it gives me a bit of pleasure to know that that apple cart was upturned. Yeah, significantly with City retreating as much as they did in the second leg, the second half of the second leg in Madrid, and you know the fan support was great. It was it really looked like the Calderon again. It did, it did. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I respect a lot of Pep sure. for, for the teams that he's put together, but it's just not. It doesn't move me, as as the kids say. <laughs> it doesn't move me. <laughs> it doesn't move me. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, you know, it's fine. Like I think, I think Liverpool's style is more exciting, but I can't stand Klopp. It, it, yes, agreed, agreed. I, I would rather watch Liverpool. I think they do some cool stuff, um, and they have some extremely talented players that are kind of allowed to express themselves individually in the way that Pep's players kind of aren't, mm. um, which is more enjoyable to watch. And then you know, I can't really watch. I don't really. I have a great amount of disdain towards Chelsea in general. Yes. <laughs> you, you are on the record about this. Yeah, I don't, don't care for that club, really. <laughs> and Spurs, it goes without saying. Yeah, it goes without saying. I'm not going to watch that 
stupid team. <laughs> yeah, with your two good players. <laughs> your two good players. Fuck off. Really? Norwich. <laughs> You're probably not a big Brighton fan right now either. Eh, I kind of like Graham Potter a little bit. Cool story. Cool story with that guy. Because Arsenal played them, I think the... I think that was the year that Atleti knocked Arsenal out of the Europa League. We played Brighton that preseason. But Arsenal played whatever the Swedish club that uh, Graham Potter was managing. Oh. Wait, I think it was Ostersons or something. Yeah, yeah. He, it was right. some Scandinavian club, and we played them, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then he ended up at Swansea, and he's doing a good job for Brighton. So, no, I, I, they're all right. They're they're social media counter nerds, but they're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Stop quote tweeting XG philosophy, please. <laughs> I, I I love XG philosophy. I mean, I they know what they're doing, which I appreciate. But give me a break, Brighton social media. <laughs> <sighs> that felt good to get off my chest. Did, did it? Was this therapeutic? For yeah, you? it was a little therapeutic. Yeah, that's good. That's good, yeah. man. I'm very glad. Well, yeah. we'll definitely try to do this again before the end of the season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully and, uh, when we can have more hot takes about stuff. Oh, we'll always have hot takes. Oh, yeah. We, like, we might have to wait another few weeks for the spiciest takes to come out, but we'll have them. End of the season is just a wonderful time to get these takes off our chests. Sevilla crap their pants <laughs> celebration. <laughs> Sevilla. It's an uh, annual tradition like no other. I, I will be very upset if Atleti finished behind them in the table. Like, it, yeah. just getting top four, I don't really care where we land as long as it's not behind Sevilla. I hear that. I hear that. Because I've had a, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I've had a tweet saved in drafts that I have been especially <laughs> saving if <laughs> Sevilla do finish ahead of Atletico. And I want to send this tweet. So part of me is like, let, let, let's see it happen. But on the other hand, I'm like, it's Sevilla. They're going to blow it. It's, this is what they always do. Always. Always. And, like, I don't like their fans I don't like their fans on social media, and it's Sevilla. Yeah. They're, no, they're nerds. We got them. We got this. We got them where we want them. We got them right where <laughs> Three points behind them in the table, and they have the head-to-head, but we've got them right <laughs> where we want them. We've got it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this has been great. Rob Walker, thank you so much for joining me on this extended edition of Colts Narrow Chat. Oh, my pleasure, man. It was happy to do it. Look forward to doing it again soon. We will be we will be doing this again very soon. And thank you all again for listening, for your continued support. Make sure to keep up with our work at IntoTheCalderon.com and on our social media page. Patreon.com slash ColtsNeuroChat is where you can get exclusive uh, further audio goodies. And on Spotify, the Atletico Madrid Podcast Network, you subscribe to that. You get all the latest episodes of this program and our sister show, the Partido a Partido podcast. We'll talk to you all again uh, this weekend or early next week following the Espanol game. Until then, adios.